Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Icons, we got to talk about Cozy. I love anything cozy, and specifically I want to talk about Cozy, the North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, high-quality products, super-fast delivery, and easy assembly. Cozy offers beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals, so if you want to get something for your living room but you're not sure if you just want a sofa, a love seat, or if you want a sectional, they have all of it, and they are uh, made to adapt to your space. This means customers can add seats to their sofas over time. So if they get one thing, you can always add to it in the future. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, some wall shelving. I have a credenza from there as well as uh, they have TV stands, accessories. I also have a rug from there that I love because it's washable. I can throw it in. Uh, and everything's designed with purpose. So when designing its furniture, Cozy focuses on the customer experience to make sure it offers a product that's super easy, like I said, elegant and durable, easy to assemble, I should say. And uh, the products will fit the person's needs. You can also get outdoor sofas and coffee tables. And so it's not just indoor. And uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level. So you can check that out. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com to start customizing your furniture. Like, I never thought those things. I don't even think those things now. But, like, on the van on the way down, everyone's like, she's not your friend. Like, that's not your friend. And then, like, just hearing it over and over again. Does that make sense? Not, none of it makes sense to me. Like, to, to get to where you got to, I can never imagine myself saying something like that about someone we love. And Seth, I understand that. Like, I don't even remember saying those things. And I, I did feel hurt. Like, I understand Meredith was hurting. I was hurting, too. You know, I'm, not, I'm not making excuses, but I was coming from a place of hurt. It just seems so hateful. It wasn't. It was hurt. I'm human, and I was hurting. It wasn't a hate. It was hurt. It wasn't hate, it was hurt. You guys, what an hour of television. The gals are back. This is Peak TV. This is Shakespeare. This is Taming of the Shrew. This is Othello. This is Midsummer Night's Dream. This is The Tempest. We are living through a renaissance of television, and it starts with the Real Houses of Salt Lake City, so we're going to get into all of this. Here we go one more time. Everybody's feeling fine. Here we go now. Sit tight, little bear, because the Salt Lake City gals are back, baby. And I got to be honest, I sort of miss Mary running around in that closet. It's my truth. Mary Cosby is no longer with us. She's still alive. I'm assuming she's just uh, sitting around with all those goods she hoards in that closet of hers, the designer wears. And I believe that she's going to be back next season because I've been seeing interviews with the other women and they're saying they're missing Mary. And I feel like they just really did put her on pause. She's on deck. And next season, especially if Jen Shaw is going off to jail or prison or off to camp, as Teresa Gidice said, 
I think that they're going to have to bring Marion. They need another cast member. And I'm not sure why she's no longer with us. I don't know if they just didn't want to cough up money or if Mary knows too much about Bravo HQ. Mary, did you know? what Mary knew, but she knew something, and I think that's why she's not back this season. Anyway, this week's episode, it starts off, it's so incredible. It says December 2019. I got the chills. I have the no, chills. No. And it was their casting tape. So we see Jen Shaw's casting tape. She says, I make millions. I'm like the Wizard of Oz, and they're playing this dramatic music in the background. And then we see Meredith. Lisa and I have known each other. There's no ulterior motive there. Then we see Lisa. I like that Mara's consistent and a great person. Then we see Heather and I are cousins. Blood, Whitney says. And Heather says, she's the best person I know. Oh, you guys, it was incredible. They really produced the shit out of this episode. They really took their time. The production tricks all worked, in my opinion. It wasn't like one of those episodes we watch, like on the Vanderpump Rules, when they do a lizard funeral or some shit like that, and you're doing seeing all these editing tricks, and it's clear they don't have much content to go off of. And so they're trying to spice up the episodes with all sorts of sitcom openings and all crazy shit like that. Here on Salt Lake City, I believe that they have the content. And they're just adding bells and whistles to make the episodes better. And I believe that the editors, producers, they probably love this franchise the most because it just felt like they put so much care into the editing. And uh, I just loved it. I loved it. And we know that these women are all having fights with each other. And that was what the whole beginning of this thing was. It was like, we thought that these people were going to sit down together. We thought that maybe Weather would sit down. But then it turned out... It was Lisa and Heather, and then it was uh, Jen and Meredith. I mean, it was just incredible. They led us down one path, and then it turned out they tried to bamboozle us by leading us to believe that it was going to be a sit-down between different people. And then we landed on these groups that I just was not expecting. We see in the coming attractions of the season, Jen Shaw is going to the courthouse. We see Meredith versus Lisa, Heather in the eye patch, which she's doing so much eye patch work this season in the coming attractions. She's got different eye patch for every occasion. <laughs> Usually on Bravo Housewives, we've seen the ladies get a boot, right? We've seen Brandy Glanville, Drew Sedora, they show up to Philbin in a boot. And they got to spice up the boot a little bit, maybe bedazzle the boot. But here on Salt Lake City, they're bedazzling an eye patch because she's something happened to Heather's eye, and we don't know. That's the big mystery of the season. But she spiced up the eye patch, and I don't know if she got a designer eye patch. Maybe she called up Mary Cosby in that closet and said, give me an eye patch because she's wearing different eye patches. And we see Heather versus Whitney yelling at each other in lingerie. This is just, I, I know I said it before, but this is just, it's Shakespeare. And then we cut back to Heather's casting tape. She says, what people don't know about Salt Lake City is what un- lies underneath the perfection. And then she sort of messes up her phrasing and she's like, can I do that again? I mean, that's poetic because she did the line and then she's like, can we take it back and do it again? Ah, oh, you guys. I have the no. chills. No. It's too good. It's just too good. It's too good. It's not, it's not fair to the other franchises. I feel bad for the other franchises, quite frankly. They all need to step it up. I hope the gals over in Orange County are watching this premiere, taking notes. I hope they're all taking notes and they're stepping up their game because no one's doing it like Salt Lake. And we're seeing, I get a chill just from looking at them snowy hillscapes in the opera music. And then we eventually landed on Whitney in the sound bath, which was a bit of a letdown because I'm not sure that I need to see anybody doing a sound bath. And here's the thing with Whitney, and we're going to get into this uh, later on with the scenes, but I know her whole thing is like leaving the Mormon community or whatever. And I sometimes feel like Whitney does things that she thinks a housewife should do. Does that make sense? Like I feel like she's seen all the housewife episodes, and last season we saw her rolling around in the paint or whatever, naked with the husband. 
And I feel like she's seen something like that before and like, let me do it. And that's kind of how I feel like she operates all the time. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Obviously, we've never seen another housewife really leave the Mormon community other than Heather Gay on this franchise. But I think uh, she just, the way she, I don't know. Is that anyone else feel that way? There's something false about her actions. Then uh, we see Lisa with the big gulp. She's like, hey, John, I'm going to head to lunch. And this is where they're trying to lead us down one path, thinking we're going one way, and then they go another way. We see Meredith on the phone with her assistant. She says, I'll be unreachable for a few hours. So we think Meredith and Lisa are going to be meeting with each other. And then we cut to Meredith with Jen Shaw. They're going to a spa, and uh, they're friends now. Even though Jen called Brooks a sissy bitch, you know, she got over it. We moved on. We moved forward. And they're also backing Jen Shaw. Did you see the interview? So Meredith has been in interviews saying, oh, I'm still friendly with Jen Shaw. And I thought there, those friendships would have just completely fallen apart after Jen Shaw pled guilty, despite the fact that she was saying she wasn't guilty. Remember that, of course, memorable day in Bravo House of History when we all found out via the news that Jen Shaw pled guilty to her crimes. And so I thought Meredith and Heather, who were close and buddy-buddy with Jen Shaw, they would drop her like a bad habit, but it seems like they're all still on Jen Shaw's side, and I'm not sure. They were even talking about Salt Lake City on The View the other day. Whoopi and company were sitting around that table, and they were talking about the Jen Shaw of it all, and it was fascinating. I love when the gals do a crossover. All my gals, the View gals and the Housewife gals, they're all doing a crossover and talking about it. But I'm just shocked because in the press and in interviews, I knew that Jen and Meredith had formed a friendship, and we're going to see it play out this season. But I thought for sure after the guilty plea, they would have broken up. But it seems like Jen, Heather, and Meredith are still buddy-buddy. That's what I'm seeing in the press. And so, you know, despite the fact that Jen called Brooks a sissy bitch, it's still happening. They cheers. They cheers to a new us at the spa. And they say, it's all love from now on. And then they talk about Lisa's tirade. And it was so funny because remember this tirade that happened behind the door behind uh, with the microphone, Jen... Uh, was talking about how Lisa was behind the door and how she said Meredith's a garbage whore and she fucked half in New York and she's, you know, that whole thing, which was such incredible TV. And so they're talking about it at the spa and Jen's like, yeah, I really felt that whole tirade. Like, <laughs> I really felt it. I really, we all felt it. We all felt it when Lisa was yelling that Meredith, a friend of a 10 years, was a garbage whore. We felt it. We felt it. Meanwhile, Jen's got problems of her own because her trial's in a month and a half which I think this is the trial that got pushed back because now it's supposed to be in November 28th or something, late November. But I think that's the trial. Unless there was an, I can't keep up with all the trials. There's too much court legal drama. I can't keep up with all of it. I mean, it's exhausting to me. Not just in this franchise, but we got Beverly Hills, so many court dates. I'm going to need to get a Google calendar. Does anyone else write these dates in their calendar? Because I'm going to write them in my Google Cal, because otherwise I'm not able to keep track of who's going to court what date. They're all, who's going to prison when? Like, I can't keep up with all the housewives' legal dramas. And so, uh, look, I'm, maybe that's a good idea. I'm going to take a note. I'm going to write this down. Set Google Calendar for famous people's trials. Okay, wrote that down. I'll do that after we're done here. Um, okay, so the trial's in a month and a half. Meredith's like, time's not on your side. I mean, I can you even believe that we're just sitting here watching these women talk about trials? And oh, it's so good. And so Meredith says in regards to Lisa, she defamed my character. 
And that Meredith's on a t- her own tirade this season because she's like, I'm hearing rumors left, right, and center about Lisa. And so now she's doing all these implications because Meredith's pissed. And I actually am on team uh, Meredith on this one because if my friend of 10 years said those things too, I would be on a tirade the next season as well if I was filming a reality show. So Meredith showed up this season and she's ready to go. She is ready to go and she's going to not stop until she trashes Lisa left, right, and center about these rumors. And I don't know that Meredith really has heard like substantial rumors, but it don't matter. It don't matter. Her friend called her a garbage whore. Fucked half of New York. So now Meredith's going to tell everyone on camera that there's rumors about Lisa too. And then she says there's question marks with Lisa's marriage and her businesses. There are fair rumors. She's like, I don't know if they're true or false. But then Jen says, I've heard the same things. And oftentimes on Housewives, they just make this up. And then it becomes a rumor, right? If you say it on camera, then it's a rumor. So I'm not sure that there are actually real rumors, but I don't care. I'm watching. I'm enjoying. I'm sitting back, relaxing, maxing all cool and enjoying this program because I love when my gals are feuding and I want them to make up. I want to see these layers. I want to see a roller coaster ride of a relationship. And that's what they're giving us. So God bless. And not only that, this season, as I always say, is giving us layers because we don't have just this feud. We got a hundred feuds. They're all feuding. We see Lisa and Heather who previously were feuding because last season at the reunion, we learned that Lisa allegedly called Heather Shrek or a Lego or something, <laughs> which, <laughs> uh, which was not right. It wasn't right. She called her a Shrek Lego or something. Was it two different insults? I think it was two different insults. By the way, I watched this episode three times. I know that sometimes you guys complain. You say, I get a detail wrong, or I say someone's name wrong, or something like that. But I watched this one three times, so I hopefully will not get any names wrong or facts wrong, but it's still likely to happen. I mean, I'm talking here all by my lonesome, so I'm bound to say, not only that, I'm fully caffeinated. So I'm bound to say something wrong. But... Hopefully we'll keep it to a minimum because I took, look, I got three page one, two, three, three pages of notes. I mean, I, we didn't even get to the sign on the, on the wall of Lisa and Heather's meeting where it said cowgirls are forever. We're going to talk about that for 65 minutes because whoo. Anyway, I got three pages of notes, watched it three times. And so I hope I don't mix any of this up. But what was that about? Like, I don't, I know we talked about the readings last season, but like, what the fuck was that when Lisa called Heather Shrek and a Lego figurine? <laughs> Like, what an insult. What an insult. And honestly, Heather's a beautiful gal. And and Shrek, to be honest with you, when Shrek turned into a human, Shrek was kind of sexy in that way. I know some people said that Shrek as a human looked like Stephanie Hol- Holman's husband or whatever. What was that woman's name from Dallas? <laughs> I already forgot about all the Dallas women. It's like, isn't it funny how the, just my brain needed room for other things. And so it was like, let's just forget all the names of the Dallas housewives. Forget them. I mean, we're done with them. I don't think they're coming back. There are these rumors that maybe Dallas will come back on Peacock or something. I don't know that we need it. Because that last season, you're kidding yourself. Remember with the salsa in the bed? We don't need them back. Anyway, I think that human Shrek, the point is, I think that human Shrek was kind of sexy. And Fiona, too. You know, Fiona and human Fiona. I don't know that Fiona when she turned in Shrek. And I got to rewatch the movie. Anyway, so Lisa and Heather are sitting down. And, okay, this is where I want to discuss that sign. You know how I feel about word art. I'm not going to get into it. But behind Lisa and Heather at this restaurant establishment, there was a sign that said, cowgirls are forever. Okay, so let's just break this down. I know this doesn't really have any effect on 
the season as a whole. However, I don't understand the meaning of the sign. So cowgirls are forever. Do, do people think that cowgirls are limited time only? Like what is the, who decided to make the sign? Who decided to hang it up? I'd like to interview the people who own this establishment because what are we doing? What does this mean? And why, why, why I ask you, because it makes no fucking sense. I don't think it's a common theory or knowledge that cowgirls aren't forever. I think if I see a cowgirl, I don't immediately think they're not forever. So we need to make signs that say cowgirls are forever. Because I assume if somebody's a cowgirl, then they're probably going to be a cowgirl for life. I don't think it's something like you grow out of. Do you get what I mean? When you're a little kid, you sometimes have hobbies that you grow out of. Or you like certain things. Like when I was a kid, you have the time in your life where you're really into Tamagotchis, let's say, for the 90s kids out there. So you have that moment. And so I would understand even if I went into this restaurant establishment, I saw a sign that said Tamagotchis are forever. Because at least that sort of bucks the trend, right? Like I would think, oh, okay, so there are some people who will take their love of a Tamagotchi and keep it with them forever, right? But here as it stands with cowgirls, I just always assume when I see a a country lady, a country gal, if you will, and they were in a cowboy hat, I'm not talking about Kyle Richards. I'm not talking about splits over on Beverly Hills because she's not a cowgirl. She's someone who wears hats in Aspen. She's not a born bred cowgirl. But real cowgirls, people from the South who ride horses and are cowgirls, I think that they're that way forever. And so then I have questions about who owns this restaurant because are they just cowgirls at heart or did they see the sign and just think, wow, that's a beautiful sign? Because also, there wasn't like it was a stunningly art piece of art. It was just a sign that said cowgirls are forever. So I behoove them if they're listening. And anyone who works at that restaurant, who owns that restaurant, take it down. Take it down now. It ain't right. And I I don't know who I have to call. If I got to call up Bravo HQ, I will take down the whole network if I have to. But we need to get it down. I'm going to take down NBC Bravo. I'm taking down NBC and Bravo if I have to see that Cowgirls Are Forever sign because it's an eyesore and it makes no fucking sense. So somebody needs to step in. I'm sorry, somebody, I got to be the one to say it apparently because they should have blurred it. You know how they blur sometimes when somebody's got a bubby out or something and they have to blur it? Or you, they got to blur a penis. I remember on Real Houses in New Jersey, Joe Gorga's flapping his Tarzan around and they got to blur it. If they got to blur Joe Gorga's penis then we certainly need to blur the cowgirls are forever sign because I can't look at it. And ladies, if you're someone out there or gentlemen, if you got a sign in your house that says cowgirls are forever, you need to take it down now. I made my mom take down all her word art. I said, Linda, you need to take it down. She's like, Dan, what about this gather sign? <laughs> I'm like, no more gather signs, mom. She, my mom, I made her take down everything, all the word art sign, except for she has one little thing. She said she refused to take it down and says it's something like love is in the kitchen or something. <laughs> And it's by your sink. And I was like, Mom, what is this? She said, uh, one of our my nieces gave it to her. So she's like, it's special, Dan. I'm keeping that up. But it just says, like, this is the kitchen. And it's like, Mom, people understand where they are. We're in a kitchen. You don't need a sign that says, this is the kitchen. But she, it was a special meaning to her. But other than that, she took down all the gather. What's this gather sign? I got to take that down, Dan? I was like, yeah, Mom, word art's not in. But certainly, if you're out there and you got a cowgirls are forever sign in your house, take it down now. Take it down now. Okay, so anyway, where were we at here? The sit-down between Lisa and Heather. Okay, so uh, it's funny because Heather's like, I trust Lisa when it comes to alcohol. She doesn't trust her with anything else, but when the server asks, like, what do you want to drink? She's like, I'll have whatever Lisa's having because I trust her. 
So Lisa says, I need some help with Meredith. I need your advice. I need help. I need your help with Meredith. I need your advice. And then Lisa, I was in a blind rage. I didn't come for her family. So <laughs> let's just talk about this. She did say that Meredith's husband, Seth, can't hold down a job. What else did she say? I mean, I don't have the transcript in front of me, but she did, in fact, go after the family. So it's funny that Lisa now is pretending like, oh, I didn't go after the family. She says, she's talking about both sides. She's like, I was in a blind rage. And then later in the episode, she acts like uh, she didn't mean it. She said, well, when we were all going away for this vacation, people kept telling me bad things about Meredith. So then I was mad at her. And it's just like, Lisa, just apologize. Like, don't give excuses. Like, she should have just said, I was in a blind rage and I was pissed at her. That's it. She shouldn't give all these excuses, these reasons why, although I love it. I love it. But then Heather says, that's how Lisa really feels about Meredith. And it's true. I think that that came out because that's how Lisa really feels. Meredith's, I'm sorry. You guys, I'm too excited. I'm mixing up the names already. I told you just now I was not going to mix up the names. And here I am mixing up the names. Anyway, Heather says that Lisa will never eat humble, humble pie. But then Lisa says in her confession, I've eaten so much humble pie. It's amazing I even fit in this dress. And it was a little bit embarrassing, her delivery. <laughs> Did anyone else feel like it was embarrassing delivery? It just felt too rehearsed. It didn't feel like it was off the cuff. I was like, Lisa, you need to work in front of the mirror on these line readings because it's just not coming across right. And I do believe that actually it was probably somebody stepped in, a producer or something, was like, oh, Lisa, say this. This will be a funny way of saying this. And so they gave her that line. But I felt like she should have just workshopped it, maybe hired an acting coach or something. I'm not sure. But Heather says, look, you said mean things that are out there forever, and you can't just take them back. And Lisa's like, I hear you. I hear you. Then we cut to Whitney and the daughter, Bobby Bobby Brown or Bobby Lee. <laughs> What's the daughter's name? It's like Bobby Ryan or Bobby Lee. Bobby Is Bobby Lee an actor? Bobby Brown is Whitney Houston's ex-husband. It's Bobby something, the daughter's name. Anyway, the daughter's writing a pros and cons list about guys. And spoiler alert for Bobby, there's not a whole lot of pros when it comes to straight guys. I'm sorry to have to be the one to break that to you, but you might as well go less now. Because truth is, if you like men, you're in for a lifetime of unhappiness. Because it's a tough go for all of us out there. Sucking dick. Sorry to say. Sorry to get foul on you. Excuse my language. But Bobby Brown needs to know that. And uh, so anyway, Heather arrives and Bobby's in sixth grade and Heather says, look, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to try to teach you this. She says, this list ain't it. You're not going to get all these things. She says, you want all these things from a man, but you're probably going to get maybe 10% or something. Heather's there to tell her the hard truths. Now, Whitney, again, she wants to leave the church, which good for her. She says she's doing it for the kids. Her bubbies look amazing too. I just to say that. And she says, look, I'm a woman and I want to be equal. And Mormons apparently believe names are a ledger for God. I don't know. The whole thing, I didn't really understand. Because she, tr- she's trying to take her name off the ledger or something. Is that a thing? Then she's got to go to this website, quitmormon.com. I was like, is this real? I thought this was a joke. When she said, oh, I'm going to go to quitmormon.com. And she, meanwhile, was acting like going to quitmormon.com was like a big deal. She had the chills. I have the no, chills. No. And I thought it was a joke at first, but it turns out serious. So I'm proud of her for going to quitmormon.com. But it's just one of those websites. I was like, oh, is that a real domain? Like, I, I didn't even go to I meant to go to I wrote in my notes. Go to quitmormon.com. Then we find out Heather hasn't done this. She hasn't gone to quitmormon.com. So I don't understand. She says she's worried about the family. And I thought Heather would have done this first. Apparently, this is the main step is going to quitmormon.com. 
but she's not there yet. And everyone goes at their own time. I understand. Whitney printed the letter and I thought this scene was, I know it was like supposed to be like a really serious, you know, emotional triumphant moment for Whitney, but I was, I was laughing and I wasn't laughing at the religion of it all. I was just laughing at the pomp and circumstance of all this happening on camera. And I get, this is a storyline. This is something we got to see their real lives. And in real life, you wouldn't, I don't think print the letter and make a big to do out of it. I think you would maybe talk to your husband and, and sit down and you would have this discussion but it was just such a pomp and circumstance that seemed just strictly for camera. Uh, but she did uh, print the letter, and I guess she went to quitmormon.com. I don't know, and I guess she's gone. Baby girl? Yeah. <laughs> did you guys hear that sound, but I just played? Okay, so I added Asher from The Real House of Beverly Hills to NSYNC. I remixed it. Baby girl? Yeah. <laughs> I need to be stopped. Anyway. We have to take a quick break here. We'll be back with so much more of The Real House of Salt Lake City recap. Also, I want to let you know that I did the Beverly Hills episode recap as a separate episode. So I split them up. Next week, we'll probably jam them together. But for now, we did two separate episodes. You can check that out on the podcast feed. Enjoy. It was a phenomenal episode. A plus. So check that out. And we'll be right back. Icons. When picking a commerce platform for your business, you have two choices. Frustration. Ah, or sales. I prefer, don't you? That's the sound you'll hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Now, Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling your business's complexity. No matter how big you grow, step up to Shopify and harness the best converting checkout and the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands like here at Everything Iconic. We use this as well, but also Ruggable, Allbirds. I love my Allbirds. I love my Ruggable. Brooklyn and so many others. I can say from experience, it's really easy to use. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate everything over super easy and conveniently. And I feel like after months of hard work creating the look and feel of your brand, it can be soul crushing when your commerce platform makes it blend in with the rest. But when you switch to Shopify, you'll regain control of your brand's look and store functionality thanks to stylish, no-code themes. Truly could not be easier your customizations, and advanced shopping features that keep your customers coming back. So stop leaving sales on the table. Switch your business to Shopify and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their business. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic, shopify.com slash everything iconic. Then we cut to Meredith's new house. And Seth, uh, he got some ramen noodles. They're meeting at a new house, too. And I feel like this is their third house or something since we met them. Why are they moving? And Seth makes a joke about what Lisa said. He said, for a guy who can't keep a job, this is what we eat, he said, in regards to the ramen noodles. And look, I don't These two. Something about these two. I don't know what it is. And I like Meredith a lot, which by the way, remember at the reunion last season when they teased that we were going to find out if Meredith was wearing like a breastplate in her thing. And then they never showed us the footage. It was left on the cutting room floor. What the fuck was that about Bravo? They teased it. They said, uh, we saw a clip of them in the trailer saying, 
uh, talking about Meredith's breastplate or lack thereof. And then we never heard from it again. It's like, I hate when they do that. They show us a little clip of something and then it's never to be seen again. Trick us. Oh, by the way, did we talk about, we didn't talk about this, but Jen Shaw said, I'm the only defendant left who's still going to trial. And she says she's not taking the plea deal because she's innocent. You guys, innocent, she says. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We'll see, TPT. <laughs> Guess we're going to watch what happens live with that one. Well, ladies, am I right? Anyway, uh, back to Meredith and Seth. So Meredith says she's pissed about uh, all the things that Lisa says, and then she throws this shade at John Barlow. She said, what does John Barlow do other than follow Lisa around? And then there's a montage of John Barlow following Lisa around. Ah, I couldn't believe that Bravo did that. And you know Lisa was pissed about that, and so was John Barlow. And there was also that clip from season one or season two where it was like the producers were asking John Barlow in a confessional if Lisa told him to say certain things. And so this is all so messy. It's all so messy. Meredith says their company's not even making money. She said they had a crowd fund for the business in 2018. She says there's losses, debts, and she's, it's so shady. I love it. And she said, I don't have to talk about this, but there's the info. It's just rumors. And she says, if the rumors I hear are true, her life's not that great. And she says, I have never exchanged sex for money. That's what a whore does. Maybe someone else does that. I have the no, f- chill. No. I, couldn't, I couldn't believe that she said that in her confessional. And then the producer steps in and is like, are you implying Lisa's a whore? And then Meredith just sips coffee out of an I love it New York mug. Oh, you guys, I can't. You know, Billy Shakespeare even just wishes. He could never. Nothing. He could never. I mean, he's probably rolling around in that grave of his. I don't know where he's buried or if he was cremated. But Bill Shakespeare, I hope his spirit, his ghost is watching this. I hope he's floating around somewhere in front of a TV because he needs to be seeing this. He needs to be seeing the evolution of his life's work because this is where it's at. It's not on HBO. It's on Bravo. So uh, the ghost, I don't know if the ghost of Billy Shakespeare's in this room right now, but I would like him to sit in front of the TV and watch the Salt Lake City Housewives and don't tune into Orange County because this is the only one given us what Bill Shakespeare set out to do with his life's work. And I mean, with the mo- coffee mug, of course, a callback to saying she fucked half of New York, then she's got a coffee mug that says, I love New York. It's art. That's art. Speaking of art, uh, Seth's hat and his green sweatshirt. I just wrote my notes, wow. So I just like us to take it all in. Maybe take a moment of silence for Seth's look in this. Just as a hat and green. I, maybe if you could go back and watch, just take a moment of silence sometime throughout your day. You know, it's important to take a moment to breathe it in. And so going forward, just make sure you take a moment of silence for Seth's hat and green sweatshirt. Then see all these, we hear all these bird sounds and we see the mountains and everyone's getting ready for the Harlem Nights party. And Jen Shaw, we see her in hair and makeup, which this is the thing that I always can get confused about because I know they're on a TV show, but Bravo doesn't pay for hair and makeup. I think they get like a very tiny stipend. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm voice. Um, we, they get a very tiny stipend for uh, hair and makeup and clothing and stuff like that, but it's not a large stipend. And so I would imagine if you're trying to save your coins and you might be going to prison and people are con- accusing you of bamboozling the elderly. I just don't know that you should have any hair and makeup. And I feel that way about Erica Jane, too. It's like a lot of money to pay for these wonderful artists, speaking of art, 
these wonderful hairdressers and makeup artists, I mean, they really, they spackle these women together and God bless them for doing so. But it's not cheap and it shouldn't be cheap. And yet these women who are going to prisons are just sitting in their makeup chairs with a hundred people surround them with stylists and everything. And it's like, who's paying for this? And maybe you shouldn't pay for this. I mean, come on. Then we see Angie doing the party for Coach Shaw. It's his 51st birthday. She did it at her house. There's a let's get this party started sign, which is way better than the sign that says forever a cowgirl or whatever the fuck that said. (laughs) Cowgirls are forever. I'm glad that sign was nowhere to be found. NBC and Bravo. Anyway, then I keep expecting to see Jenny because remember there were all these rumblings. Jenny, do you remember her from last season? She was a one season housewife. She had the husband Dewey who was a monster. Anyway, I had heard that they filmed with Jenny and then she was let go. And I thought they were filming like her let go and they were going to show us like her being let go. But apparently they just deleted that footage. So Jenny's never to be seen again, I guess. But I kept expecting Jenny to show up at this party because I, th- I thought that's what we were getting. Anyway, there's gambling and flapper hats. And maybe we need to cool it with the gambling and the flapper hats because didn't we? We've already seen gambling on this show. I feel like every season, I know we're in Salt Lake City and they all want to let loose with a cocktail and some gambling. But maybe we don't need to do it. There's just some other theme. I don't want to see a flapper hat or a craps table. Go to Vegas. They already did go to Vegas on this show. Maybe that's why I'm thinking of the gambling. But they also had a gambling party at one point. I remember. I don't know what it was or where it was. Anyway, Angie Kay and Heather knew each other since youth. And then she, okay, so Angie Kay, that's the new one. She had a relationship with all these scales, and she apparently knew Heather since youth. And then there's this like weird joke moment where whether they call themselves like kissing cousins is like a joke. And it was like a weird joke. I don't know what exactly happened. I wrote in my notes that it was awkward. But uh, even though I watched it three times, I cannot remember. Even the, despite the fact that I watched it three times and took notes, I don't remember exactly what the joke was, but I did write in my notes awkward. And so I believe it to be awkward. And yet I can't recall any of it. Anyway, then we see Lisa walking in. She don't even know what she's walking into. She's coming in with John. She burned all the bridges and she's got to walk in and face Meredith. And Meredith comes in and she says, how's Vita? And then Lisa's like, so busy. We're doing a seltzer now. And that's maybe something we need to cool it with, too. Seltzers. We got the Bud Light Seltzer, which is delicious. They're a sponsor of this show. God bless. But I don't think we need the other ones. And I don't think a Vita Tequila needs a seltzer, especially another Bravo seltzer. We got Loverboy, which costs upwards of like $80 to ship one fucking case of it. So uh, certainly you should not be buying that. Check out the Bud Lights instead. But I don't understand... And by the way, I know people say Loverboy is good. And you know how I feel about all the Bravo alcohols. You know, they're piss water, essentially. And Lisa's Vita Tequila was around before that. So I've never tried it. So Lisa's Vita Tequila, I bet, is probably good. But do I think she's going to do a good seltzer? Certainly not. Because I don't even imagine her as someone who drinks a seltzer. I don't even think she's picked up a Loverboy once in her life. And so, look, I think Lover. people say Loverboy is good, too. But I don't believe any of it. I don't because I've also seen people say that Lisa Vanderpump's rosé is good, and it's not, ladies. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> you can all lie to yourselves. I lied to myself a time or two as well. Uh, Sharif's friend though comes in, and he's getting—he's very tall. His name is Glenn Davis. I guess he was, did he play a sport or something? Someone named Big Baby is that the who was? Uh, I was. This is when I wrote in my notes. We never. <laughs> 
Wait, you guys, this is so funny. So I just wrote my notes. Heather flirts with big baby. She's a good flirt too, by the way. I do think Heather's a good flirt. But then I just wrote in big capital letters and I bolded it. We never got answers about Meredith's breastplate. And I know we talked about that already, but (laughs) what a stupid thing. I love this show. I love these shows. I'm so happy. Then Heather tells Meredith she met with Lisa. Meredith's pissed. Sharif's mom, Joy, is there too. And I, for some reason, just expected Sharif's mom and Sharif's family to hate Jen Shah. But they're all like on her side. They were like rooting for her. Jen Shah gave a speech like, we've been through a lot. And they're all like, woo! (laughs) Wasn't that so weird? Can we just talk about that for at least 15 minutes? Because Jen Shah gives a speech at Harlem Nights. And it wasn't really about his birthday. She's like, happy birthday, Coach Shaw. And I just have to say, we've been through a lot. And she gives this dramatic monologue about all of her legal crimes and everything that she's saying she's not guilty for, but knowing, I guess, that she is guilty. And she gives this dramatic monologue. And meanwhile, I was on her side, too. But then it was so funny to me that the whole crowd just erupted as if she's fucking Norma Ray. Like, it was like they were in... Uh, Norma Ray and Sally Field just gave a speech about unions, and it was like, that's what's happening here, and they're all clapping, <laughs> like Jen Shah's Norma fucking Ray. And I loved it, but it was so insane. It was so insane, because we know that she bamboozled all these elderly people, and she's like, we've been through a lot, and they're all like, woo! <laughs> like, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. I loved it. I loved it. Then we see Seth and John awkwardly talking. Seth is like, what the fuck's up with your wife? (laughs) I go, what the fuck is wrong with your wife? And Lisa and Weather, meanwhile, are gambling. Uh, Lisa says, I just want to be here for Jen. You know, she goes up to Weather and she's like, I just want to be here for Jen. And then this is when Whitney's like, we should all take a trip together. It's like, yeah. In real life, this makes no fucking sense. But obviously on the show, nowadays, okay, early Bravo watchers know that we used to get, when it first started, we get one trip towards the end of the season. That tradition started with The Real Housewives in New York City season three. They did one trip to Scary Island. Of course, it was an iconic moment. To me, the greatest three-episode arc in Bravo history. And really, not just because it was so good, but because it started at all. So then we started getting two cast trips. So we'd get like a little cast trip and then we get the big end of the season cast trip. So now they always, if you pay attention to any of the shows, they do the little cast trip early on in the season by episode two because they want to get all the gals together. Then at the end, we get the big cast trip. And so it's so funny to me that they have to somehow find a way, despite the fact that all of these people are hating each other at this point, because one of them called the other one a garbage whore, you know, it's fucked half in New York. Those two hate each other. The other one's maybe going to prison. And one of them called the other one Shrek. I mean, like, it's crazy, this group. And they're, then Whitney has to present the cast trip, and she's like, we should all take a quick trip. <laughs> she Oh, and she says, before Jen goes to New York, meaning, like, before she has to go to trial for her crimes. And so it's so funny to me. They decide to go to Scottsdale, and it's like, what are we doing here? This would never happen in real life, and that's why I love these shows. Then Lisa says hi to Meredith. They have an awkward hug. Meredith says they had two months off where Lisa never came to her, meaning they had two months off from filming, and Lisa never called up Meredith to say, sorry, she waited for the show. And Meredith agrees to talk to her at some point. She's like, this is not the place to talk. And that's another Housewives favorite of mine. Of like, we're at this big cast event. This is not the place for us to discuss our relationship. Even though it's like, yeah, you're filming. This is exactly the time to discuss your relationship. 
Anyway, Lisa hugs Seth. And then this is when we have this Lisa-Seth moment, which I played the clip at the beginning of this episode because Lisa says she doesn't really feel the way. She said she was just drunk. She was in a blind rage. She says, I never thought that before. And Seth is like, well, is there a root to like what the fuck you were saying? And if anyone had said any of those things about me or my family, they would be dead to me in real life, right? They would be dead. They would be gone. Baby girl? (laughs) Those baby girls would be gone. And yet these two women have to film together and seemingly find some sort of resolution. But these were like really intense things. And just in real life, I would just never speak to the person. I'm not a confrontational person, so I don't think I would like have some sort of big fight about it, but I just, they would be a dead human being to me because they said the worst things you could ever say about not just me, but I have more of a problem with my family. You know, if you said something about my family, I'm Italian. You don't talk about my family. Sometimes on social media, people say like, wow, Danny, you you don't post a lot of like your personal whatever. And it's not because of me. It's because I I can handle like when there's always mean trolls on social media or whatever. 99% of the people, you know, I complain often, but 99.9% of the people are nice, but there's always mean trolls. And I can't handle that 1% saying something because I would get in a blind rage when it's about my family, family, or my loved ones or my friends. And I feel that way about Mariah Carey. I used to do this thing on my Instagram account with Jessica Thursdays. And people said, why don't you do Mariah Carey Mondays? Post some clip on your thing about Mariah Carey. And I would not be able to handle when somebody would say something mean about my Mariah Carey. And so that's why I can't do it. Because if I saw one mean thing, I'd get to blocking. I'd get to blocking or I'd be yelling at people. And so the fact that Meredith is just expected to move on after this woman said these the most horrific, awful things about her family. I mean, it's A, hilarious that she's got to film a show with the person. <laughs> and Lisa's like, I was coming from a place of hurt. I'm a human and I was hurting. I w- and oh, and then Lisa says this thing about five. I, I'm one of five girls. I'm a girl's girl and I have my stuff. No one knows because no one asked me. So now she's trying to turn around and make herself the victim. She's trying to make herself the victim. Then she says, I've never talked badly about Meredith. And Seth is like, well, you did. It was on camera, your aunt. And she's like, I thought I was in a private space. I didn't expect anyone to hear. It's like, <laughs> you were mic'd up. So, of course, we all heard. There was a camera and a microphone. you got to be careful when you're wearing that mic pack. Anyway, she eventually just says to Seth, thanks for listening to me. She walks away with all the excuses. It's crazy. Meredith's mad at Seth for listening to her. I was too distracted by his hat. Again, his hat. John and Lisa leave. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Next week on the show, Jen's planning a garbage bag whore lingerie party. (laughs) 
I can't believe this show. I'm so blessed. You hear that, Bill? Is that ghost still around? Bill Shakespeare, he's still in here? Because I just need you to make sure you tune in next week. Put that on your Google Cal. I don't know if the ghost can hear me, but I hope that he knows he's got to tune in because next week looks amazing. Another episode. They go to Arizona. Lisa asks Whitney to talk to Meredith. Meredith spreads rumors about Vita Tequila. Whitney hires a shaman. Again, Whitney just feels like she's, she does a little, she goes a little too far. It's too scripted or rehearsed. I don't hate the things that Whitney does, and I actually really do like Whitney. It's just everything feels so like put upon. It feels too acted. And granted, all of these women are acting, essentially, and they're doing things that aren't normal behavior for people in real life. But I think maybe, I think truly what I think needs to happen is Whitney just needs to get an acting coach or something. Maybe get more natural on camera because something always feels off to me. And I never get that feeling from the other gals. I don't get that from Whitney, Lisa, uh, or I mean, sorry, I don't get that from Lisa or Heather or occasionally maybe they'll have a line or two. But Whitney, I feel like every scene I see Whitney and I'm like, Whitney, you just need to relax a little bit and not do so much to try to be in the role of a housewife. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. I loved it so much. It was the premiere. I do miss Mary. Again, I say, why isn't Mary back? There must have been something. What did Mary know, little girl? What did she know? Uh, that's the episode. If you're interested in the Real Houses of Beverly Hills recap, it's a separate episode on the podcast feed. So go listen to that. And wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe or follow. With all of that said, let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. It was a great episode of Beverly Hills, too. So you got to go back and listen to that because, I mean, the gals, all of them brought it this week. We were truly lucky, blessed time to be alive in the Housewives universe. I mean, good TV after good TV. I don't remember a night where it's been this much good TV on Bravo. I mean, two full hours of impeccable TV. Impeccable. So did I say breathe out? Maybe I didn't. Anyway, take one more deep breath in. Hold it. And breathe out. Love you all so much for listening. Salt Lake City gals are back. We're lucky to be here. We're lucky to be amongst the greatness. And I'd like to thank William Shakespeare uh, for your influence on our gals. Love you, bye. (laughs) 